Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 400. Yeehaw! Rock and roll. We're number 400. Hey, does it get any better than that? How long have we been doing this? Too fucking long. Okay, so episode 400. That's amazing. Wow, we got all the guys here on. What happened to Mark? He's not signed up yet. Okay, so I don't know what he's doing. Uh,. Episode 400. Wow. I never thought we'd get this that far. Honestly, honestly, I didn't think we would, you know, and when uh, it started all back way back when with uh, Charles, who's still with me, uh, uh, Kelly Bale and Mike Townsend. And we started the uh, Let's Talk CFL podcast uh, spinoff from uh, Frank Stanishi's, uh Canada Frank Live. We were all on there and just didn't like the way things were going and uh, wanted to do it our way, and we did. And 400 episodes later, we're still going. Uh, yeah, Kelly's moved on. Mike uh, fell asleep too many times. Uh, anyhow, yeah, so uh, Charles is still with us and did a great job. He's my backup whenever we need it. And uh, we got a couple of, we got some new people on board, uh, most recently with Phil Miller and, uh, He's doing a good job. Uh, Will is our just our staple here, man. It, uh, I don't know if Will's missed any episodes except for when he's in Vegas or in the hospital or wherever. He's got a good excuse, but he's always here. So um, anyhow, we're going to talk some football tonight. And uh, you want to know what's pissing me off lately? It's fans. Uh, fans are usually pissing me off. But, you know, it's fans who think they know how, more about football than the football people, okay? It's like, okay, uh, let's just go back to this uh, Montreal game, Montreal-BC game, where Kahari Jones chose to go third and one from the one or from the two into the end zone when he should have kicked the field goal and they would have been up by a point, okay? They would have been winning, okay? But you had a minute and 20 seconds left, and you don't give Mike Riley a minute and 20 seconds to – to tie a field uh, a game with a, a field goal. So I understand Kahari's reasoning on there. I've always been one to take the points when they're available to you. So what happens? You try to get in the end zone at third and one and you fumble. What if you actually took the points and you were winning and then you put the ball back in Mike Riley's hands and he fumbled it? You would have won the game. Okay. I understand that. I get that 100%. But you are not in a position in which to question a coach. And what he does, you call it the stupidest call ever. Well, it wasn't. I mean, I remember going back way back when. Charles will tell you exactly what game this was. But I believe it was the Western Final. And it was uh, Montreal Alouettes against the BC Lions. Uh, it wasn't a Western Final. Anyhow, um, obviously, because Montreal is not in the West. Uh, Don Matthews is one point behind the team, uh, the Lions. Don Matthews at the time was coaching Montreal Alouettes. They had just scored a touchdown. They were one point back. If he kicks the convert, they tie, they go into overtime. Okay? 
He goes for a two-point conversion for win the game. Everybody thinks this is the most arrogant move that he could possibly do because you, you just think that you're going to go off and do this and win the game with no time left on the clock. You're going to do this. Why don't you kick the point, go for the, go for the tie, and go into overtime, right? And they go for the two-point conversion, and it fails. BC wins, okay? I'm excited about this. I'm at the game. I'm ecstatic, okay? But here's the, the reasoning between Don Matthews. He says the BC, BC place was so loud and so loud that he did not believe that he could have run plays properly in overtime in which to keep up with the Lions at the time. And at the time, BC and Montreal were the two best teams in the league. So it came down to that. And uh, I understand and accept that because he knows more about football than he's forgotten more about football than all of us will ever know together. Okay. So I'm not going to question on Matthews. I'm going to say, Hey, well, you know, that's not what I would have done, but how do you, how do you question this guy? So you questioned Kahari Jones. Yeah. And then some other guy is sitting there and he's, he's questioning um, Michael Shea for when the game is out of reach. Why are you not putting in your second and third stringers to get some experience at the end? Okay. Why is that? Well, Chris Strebler is inexperienced. He needs as many reps as he can. You want to take this team down the final? You want to take this team into the playoffs? You want to take this team into the Grey Cup? You better get some reps behind this kid. Okay. Chris Strebler, yeah. Good quarterback. Everybody else, we love it. But he's still a rookie. He's an inexperienced, not rookie rookie, but you know what I mean? He's, he's a backup. He hasn't got a lot of starts. He needs as much playing time as he can. So you're questioning Michael Shea whether or not he should give his backup, backup quarterback some reps? God damn, man. Strebler needs everything he can. No, stupid move. Don't start questioning coaches on what they do because for the most part, you have no idea what fuck's going on on the sidelines at that present time. Somebody might have a cramp. Somebody might be winded. Somebody might be this. Uh, somebody's mother might be in the hospital. You don't know what the hell's going on. So don't start questioning a second guessing a coach on why he does what he does. Just accept the fact that he did it and go, man, I wish you hadn't. Okay? I understand that. But don't start calling him out on it. it it's just disgusting. It's, you know, it just shows how ignorant you are about the game of football. Okay, I, I don't have a problem with coaches taking a risk and doing that because you know what? If they're successful, they're a hero. They're an absolute hero. You'll be talking about them for weeks about, oh, man, did he have balls going down there? Third and one, puts it in the end zone, wins the game. Mike Roddy couldn't come back, could come back for a field goal, never, never put it in the end zone, okay? So if he went in the end zone, he would have been a hero. They fumbled it. They lost the game. Okay? Shit happens. It's football. It's why we play the games. That's why you play for 60 minutes and not 59. Okay? It's, it's all about this. And, and, you know, who I don't understand who you are to start questioning and second-guessing a, uh, a paid professional at his job. And, yeah, it's just wrong. It's wrong on so many different levels. Okay, that's my rant for the day because I really don't have much else to say about it. So I'm going to open up the phone boards here, uh, uh, telephone lines. And Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well, and I remember the exact game you were talking about, uh, 2005, 
season when the Lions were on their 11-0 run and it looked like it was about to end. And then yep. Don Matthews decides to go for two. And this wasn't some rookie head coach either. This is Don Matthews, one of he the all-time the great coaches head coach in the NFL. all times at that point in time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I remember that being dumbfounded that he went for two. But, I mean, when you listen to his reasoning, it made some sense. Uh, yeah. Kari Jones, I don't – yeah, Kari Jones, I don't know if it made a lot of sense. Um, although I, I do see a reasoning – if he gets the first down there, uh, the game's over. The Mon- Montreal wins, and uh, it's another success. And you know what? <laughs> they probably should have gotten the first down. I mean, they fumbled. I mean, it's not like they even got stopped. Pipkin fumbled the ball. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it and is what De- it is. DeVar Posey picked up the ball, didn't he? Wasn't that who it was? Yeah, and, and he, he, still he brought it forward. And he, and he was still a just a short. Down. And I understand yeah, that he but, got a, a very generous spot as it was to make it as close as it was. So, yep. I don't know. It, it just so it, it shit happens. You'd go, deal with it. But if he had put it in the end zone, if they had put it in the end zone, Kahari Jones would have been coach of the year. You yeah, know? everyone would have said what a genius he was. Now yes. everyone's calling him an idiot. Yeah. Because it didn't work. Sometimes coaches work. have to take chances. And I would all the time, right? I mean, Wally never did. Wally was a very conservative coach. No, Wally was coach. way too conservative. He took the points. And he lost games because he took the points. Mm-hmm. Right? But did you ever second-guess Wally? Well, you're an idiot if you do. Okay? Yeah. Regardless of what point in his career was, you all think, he's well, okay, he lost that game. Well, so what? Yeah. He's the winningest coach of all times history, ever. He's probably got more victories than any NFL coach. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just making that shit up. But, you know, it's just it's just wild. It's just like, really? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. It's, uh, Things are getting... More convoluted and crazy in the CFL week by week. They are. And, and it's got more now this week. It is true. Very true. And, yep. Charles, oh, congratulations excited. on 400 episodes, buddy. Thank you for being yes. here. Yes. Wow, it's our 400 episodes. I remember back in episode one. Back Ooh, in what yeah. was it, right before the was it right before the 2016 season. Wow. I, I think it was. Ups and downs. Yeah, wow. Was it 2016 or was it 2015? It was one of the two. I cannot remember exactly. It, it, it was sure it was a long time ago. Quickly. Yep. Yeah. And and it we started it like though. right right before right before the season started, right in the middle of training camp or training camp had just ended and we we did this whole big thing about it uh surprising everybody what it was all about yep. and wait for it, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming and then we aired that. a yep. Let's Talk CFL podcast. It was pretty exciting. It was good times. Good times, buddy. Yep. And we've had a, we've had a lot of good times over there. Met some really good people. Had a lot yep. of lot a lot of a lot of fun. It's true. Yep. Very true. Okay. Well, let's bring in our our, our staple, um, Will McDonald. I'm a staple, am I? You know, and I you're, you're here. here. I was just sitting here trying to figure out how many episodes I've been on. 
Okay, so if you guys started it in 2016, I've been here for quite a bit of them because oh, I've yeah. been around. Without question. Without question. I've been You've been here for, for over three quarters. Two, well, I've been around for the two Stampeder losses in the Grey Cup. That was 2016 and 2017. And then they won in 2018, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and speaking of staples, and you mentioned that I only uh, miss games or miss shows when I break things. Well, guess what? It runs in the family. I wanted to be, give a big shout-out to my sister, Pamela Patton, who a week ago Friday slipped on the grass at work and broke her ankle in two places and her arm. Oh, and boy. She just, she, just, she just got out of the hospital on Saturday and they put plates and pins in her ankle, and she's kind of incapacitated for about eight weeks or so. So, but it's it, it's it's we're tall people, and when we fall down, we fall down hard. I guess that we fall down far. Okay, yeah, so we do. We the, do. the very first episode, Charles, aired June fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, I wasn't sure exactly what, but that makes sense. So, yeah. So we're over four, fact, year, gonna, over four years. Yeah. I'm going to make a point of looking that up and see if I can listen to it. Well, it's it's on Blog Talk. I can give you a link if you want. You want beginning. a link for it? No, I'm sure I can find it. I'm sure I can okay, find I, it. I have no problem giving you a link. It's, it's, it's easy to get to. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yep. I want to see how far you've come. So so all combined, how long were you guys on that other show? Oh, I was probably on there for at least two or three years before that. Oh, is that right? So you're probably Yeah, I hadn't been on that long, but No, Charles um, was relatively new. I I had only gone on a few times when that Yeah, I I started long in the infancy of Frank's show, uh, I'm not going to say at the beginning because it wasn't, uh, him and John Granger started that, and they were on it for a long time, and they had a guy named Bruce John Inch, who was a Hamilton Ticat fan, and he was in there, and then myself came in, and after that, Mike came in, Mike Townsend came in, and Kelly Bale came in, and uh, a whole plethora of other people that came and gone and just basically got pissed off with different things and or got fired or kicked out or a lot a lot of things happened. Not gonna say anything bad one way or the other. It just it was time for us to move on and we did. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah no and so, I've yeah. enjoyed this podcast. We'll see we'll see we'll see what we do going forward. Yeah, yeah. I know we we've had a lot of different people that have come in and, and, and gone and uh you know and uh Chris was there and he came and gone and he's not around much anymore. I haven't actually heard or seen from him in a long time. Um, we had uh, McGuire. What was his name? Brendan. 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 Brendan, Brendan, Brendan McGuire. He was there and uh, we had Rhonda and we had, uh, oh, geez, a whole pile of different people and come and gone. Ooh. The dude the dude from Saskatchewan. And that got dude from oh that guy the was Lawrence. That guy was Lawrence, Lawrence from Texas. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's he didn't. He didn't last long. He was only there for a couple of episodes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But okay. Uh, speaking of newcomers, Phil, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Christopher. It's kind of exciting to be here on show number 400. And even as the guy who takes the scout team's reps, um, I'm really happy to be part of the group. And I've really enjoyed being on the show since, since I started just before the season. And I want to thank you guys for putting up with me. <clears throat> yeah, well, we haven't fired you yet, so you, you never know. <laughs> I, okay. I never heard you on, on Frank's show. I, I've heard it more recently, but... But uh, I never heard you back then. But well, you um, had to go back I four, over sure. 400 episodes of this before I was on Frank's. Like Will said, I'd sure be interested in myself, and I'm going to look that up. Episode one of Let's Talk CFL. I just posted a link in our group chat. Cool. I'll be listening to it a little bit. Oh, oh, wow. Click the button, and off you go. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and I, you know what? i got to give Kelly Bale a lot of credit for the show, and uh, deservedly so. I, mm-hmm. Yes, it was uh, my idea, and I came up with it, and I threw the money at it and everything else, but Kelly organized everything, and he was very efficient yep. with it, and uh, you know what? I, I, I can't thank him enough. He did all the pre-recording things. Uh, he had those things all done. Um, mm-hmm. Hang on, let, let's go back and see if I can find some more. We don't use them much anymore. In fact, I don't use them at all, and that's my fault. But we've got uh, what is it? We got the let's go. Got the little sign thing. CFL, what we're made of. I love that part. And let's talk CFL. And then what do we got? This one. Should do some volume. There oh. we go. And we got this one. This is the three minute warning. Right. So I mean, Kelly did organized all of this, and he did the intro that we did, and everything else. He didn't actually do them. He went into an organization called Fiverr. And it's where for five bucks, the guy will record something for you. And five bucks, the guy yep. will record something. And he does this voice and he does all of those voices. So, you know, so that cost me like 25 bucks to do five, you know, th- this recording, this 10 second recording and this four second recording, whatever else, five bucks each time. But Kelly organized all that. He made it all happen. He wrote the scripts. He did everything about it. And, uh, and and got us organized. He put it into Stitcher and uh, Podbean and uh, iTunes and all of that stuff. I have no fucking idea how I did that. If it doesn't work, I'm screwed. I have no idea how to fix that. That's Kelly did all of that. And uh, and so everybody out there who downloads the podcast off of one of those programs, it's Kelly that that did it for us. And uh, you can thank him mm-hmm. anytime you see him or or hear from him because uh, it truly it was amazing. I got to give him huge kudos for that, and uh, big shout out to you, Kelly. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, and and there you go. don't forget the most the most important thing Kelly did was was bring Will McDonald onto the show. Oh, I thought a couple other say people he did, left. A couple other people. <laughs> a couple other people didn't want him on. Okay. But was an asshole. Will McDonald guy was a real asshole back really then. You know. Yeah, bitching well, no, and, 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 and I remember there was only room enough on the podcast for one asshole. That's for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, and that was me. That's correct. Yeah, yep. right? We couldn't have two ass, especially if they were always conflicting. I mean, you you, yep. you just did not like me in the beginning there, Will. I mean, come on. And now we're good buddies. So, okay. Anyway, <laughs> there was only respect. one person, though, that really needed convincing to let you on the show. That was me. <laughs> no, no. Not just you. <laughs> so there's two people who needed convincing. <laughs> yes. But hey, I came around too. I actually went yeah. to breakfast with Will at Grey Cup last year, so Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Will didn't like me very much either because I think I actually threw him out of the group one time. The Let's Talk yes, CFL group. Yes, yes, Somehow he yes, got back did. in. And I and I no no, I broke my golden rule, Charles. What? You I apologize. Apolog- I apologized and you let me back in. It yeah. works out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so can anyway, can we move on and talk about, some, talk about some football? Because yep. you know, this sentimental shit's really pissed, really boring the snot out of me. Okay, uh, first football game up was Friday night. We only had one game on Friday and a triple header on Saturday. And you know what? The entire Saturday I was driving. I went down to the coast, did a bunch of stuff, drove here, drove there, drive everything. So I listened to all of the games on Sirius XM. And uh, BC Lions game went on till 10 o'clock our time. And at 10.08, I pulled into my driveway. So I listened to the entire game on, uh, on Sirius, Sirius XM. Uh, the only thing is there was a couple of spots down at the bottom of the Coquihalla around the, the Hope area that uh, you lose signal. And so right around halftime, I lost signal. I didn't get any of the halftime show, which I don't usually listen to anyhow. So that anyhow didn't mean anything. I was going to say, you're not missing much at that point. No, no. Hamilton and Winnipeg, Friday night football. This was a barn burner. Who called it? We called it. Actually, Phil, uh, Phil's got to get some kudos here. He's saying that Winnipeg was going on a slide, and that was uh, like two or three weeks ago. And, oh, my God, are, is the fall from grace hard in Winnipeg? Bomber fans are suicidal right now. And uh, I think this is a, just awesome. Brought them back down to ground. Hopefully humbleized them a little bit. Oh, no, we're talking about bomber fans here. There's two, two groups of fans you cannot humbleize, and that's the bomber fans and rider fans. Um, so yeah, Hamilton and Winnipeg played football and it was a scorcher and it, you know what? It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. I don't know what happened to Winnipeg. They just didn't show up to play football. Either that or Hamilton is just that damn good. Eastern teams. Oh my goodness. Phil, talk to us about the Hamilton Winnipeg game. Apparently, this is what happens when the Bombers host a good team at IG Field and the Banjo Bowl trophy isn't on the line. Yeah. There, was, there, was, there was some stuff we hadn't seen out of the Bombers earlier this year. I mean, Jeff Hecht, he, he got seriously exposed in the passing game. And, you know, Jeff Hecht, he's kind of a hitting safety. He's not a he's not a coverage safety. You know they talk about that in the U.S. a lot. You know when they're high school recruiting for college, they identify a safety as whether he's a coverage safety or a hitting safety. And Jeff Hecht is a very good hitting safety, but he is not a coverage safety of any kind. And I I, I hate to be like harsh on one guy so so much like this, but 
in the CFL, I don't know that there's a, a really a spot for a Jeff Hexton. I didn't see there was when he when he was with the Riders, and and how Winnipeg was to be relatively successful with him in 2018 is, is still beyond me. And I better stop. That's I'm, I don't like to come down with one player so much. Well, he's he's the um, mouthpiece that called out the Ottawa uh, player for uh, failing the drug test and then couldn't eat crow properly when uh, Andrew Harris gets bit, right? So, Yeah, he's yeah, had a tough month all around. Not, not a lot of respect for this guy. Uh, you know, up until this game, I'm not sure that the Bombers have had to play from behind with Chris Strebler. And we all know because of the kind of quarterback he is, and he's not really the, the kind of quarterback we're going to expect to air it out and win on a on a on a last minute drive in the fourth quarter. Uh, I I think that exposes something in his game a lot too. I think if teams can get ahead of the Bombers, um, they're going to have a lot of success against them. Hey, it was fun to see uh, Bob Cameron uh, get inducted into the Bombers' uh, ring of oh. honor, eh? Yeah. Did you yeah. see him planking off the, the roll bar of that truck? No doubt, eh? Like he retired like I don't know, maybe twenty years ago and, and he was like what, sixty eight when he retired? And I, <laughs> I thought he went straight <laughs> I thought he went straight from the football field to the care home, honestly at the time, and then I see him doing that. That that uh, that was amazing. That was great to see. Hey, did you see the Bombers? They got a uh, they got a big play he, chain now. He's he's sixty five years old right now, Bob Cameron. He yeah, he punted till he was forty six years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm sorry, Mark isn't on tonight because I wanted to ask him about the Bombers' big big play chain. Did Did you notice that they have a big play chain now? It's uh. One of the coaches, it looks like one of the coaches just went down to the hardware store and cut off a yep. chunk of chain. Yep. Yep. So yeah. I've got to say one one thing about the Bombers, you know, they're not flashy at least. But uh, more news out of Winnipeg this last week is they're not bringing in a veteran quarterback. They're not even bringing in a third quarterback. Which is stupid. Totally sure stupid. Ah, they can always slap a set of pads on Buck Pierce. A couple of people actually somebody should be in there. that this week. Yeah. Well, he, he somebody he's should be in there younger than Kevin Glenn. I suppose he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's younger than Kevin Glenn, so you know it's it's out of the possibility. They should they should trade for Deron Carter. He could be their third string. Oh. I wanted to punt his fucking ass. Oh, God. Shut your mouth and play football. We'll come up catching a ball. We'll get to that one. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Okay. Okay. Charles, jump in on this game. I know. We kind of cut Phil off several times, but, yeah. No reason. Well, I thought this was going to be a barn burner. I thought this was going to be a fun one. And it turned into a blowout. So, um, 
I think the bomber fans. You said that the. the I think they're getting nervous all of a sudden because they should be. We heard so we heard so often before Matt Nichols even got injured. Oh, pull out Nichols, put in Chris Strebler. Be careful what you wish for. The thing is, if you get the lead on the bombers right now, Chris Strebler is not good enough to beat you through the air. So if you get the lead on them and shut them down on the on the ground, you got a better than even chance of beating this team because quite frankly, Chris Trevor's not a great passing quarterback. I mean, no. he's an okay passer. He can run, but um, if you're looking for a guy that's going to put up 300 yards consistently, you're not close with Kevin with uh, with Chris Trevor. I'm sorry. Uh, He's a good guy as a stopgap, as a backup. I don't see him as a st- A lot of the guys, oh, this is the next great starter in the CFL. I don't know about that. I don't think he's got the arm to be a full-time starter. And it just shows that if you get in front, get the lead on him, which Hamilton did, this team's going to have a whole lot of problems coming back on you just because Trevler doesn't have the proper arm. And... Um, yeah, and that's what happened. Hamilton just kind of took that game right from the beginning and just ran with it, and Winnipeg's offense really got nothing going in that game. It was really a, a blowout. It was one-sided almost from the very beginning. Um, uh, Dane Evans, you want to talk about a quarterback who looks like a guy that can be a, uh, a legitimate starter. Dane Evans, another big game for him. I had my doubts about him earlier in the year, but he's coming. He's um, starting to impress me. He's doing kind of what Cody Fajardo did earlier this year: um, 359 yards, passing three touchdowns there. I know Strebler hit 304 passing, but I'm sorry, a lot of that was crap passes between the 20s. There was no finish there. So um, I'm really surprised that the Bombers aren't at least bringing in a backup because even Bob Irving, the Bombers play-by-play guy, who's a notorious homer, just saying, uh, said that, I'm sorry, no offense to the backup, whatever his name is, but if Strebler were to go down, this team is done. because, yeah. And they might be done already with Strebler. Because quite frankly, I was not in the least bit impressed with him and haven't really been super impressed with him since he took over. He's had some okay games. He had one really good game where he was both running and passing the ball, and he didn't have big numbers on each, but combined they were pretty good. But I really have my doubts about uh, the Bombers' chances at um, uh, success with Strebler's quarterback. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but uh, you got to look at Hamilton. They had a spectacular game in this one. Um, at least Dane Evans did. Uh, didn't have much rushing, but didn't really need it in this one. Brandon Banks, 113 yard. Braylon Addison, 90. Marcus Tucker, 80. So he spread the ball around pretty well. The, the you gotta give it to the um, Tie Cats because they've got one of the best one-two punches at receiver with Banks and Addison. Both of those guys are extremely dangerous. So. Um, yep, but uh, Hamilton with full value for Winnipeg and uh, or for the for the win, and Winnipeg. Uh, we'll see what the, how they're going to make them adjustments because they really didn't look good in this one. 
No, they've fallen to third place in the Western Division now. Uh, both in one Calgary, game. In, yeah, and Calgary and Saskatchewan are ahead of them. Oh, my goodness. Glory, glory. What is happening to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I say, whoa. Awesome. Life is good. Sorry, Bomber fans. You guys got to learn to be humble. Something you're lacking. Uh, big time. Because it's going to happen. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Stribblers, I, you know, it. we always like this. We always want these kids to come out there and be exciting and grab the ball and run like hell for a quarterback. But then when we want them to be a serious quarterback, they're not capable. Right? Running quarterback is not sustainable. It's it's just simply not. It's not sustainable football. So that's what it is. Will McDonald, tell us what you thought of this game, my friend. Well, you know what? You can't give up on Strebler yet, okay? I, I'm not. He's got no experience. He's got no experience. They they should have they should have been. I, I would think they've based their offense around his running ability, and you're not gonna run in the CFL continuously as a quarterback. So you gotta throw the pass in there, guys. Come on. And I I'm gonna mention, and I don't know if it's because I've got clouded judgment. But to me, Andrew you? Harris doesn't. Nah. Yeah, uh, to me, Andrew Harris doesn't look like he's got the same jump. He doesn't look like the same player, and I don't know if that's a psychological thing for me. But people are shocked. I don't him disagree down. with you. Well, um, hang on for a second. Is it because he's not touching the football as much? He's not getting the yards because Strebler's taking the ball and running with it on him. Like he's not giving well, no. Andrew Harris enough touches. But no, Andrew Harris. Andrew Harris this season, he gets the ball and he runs through people and he runs over people. Yeah. I haven't seen that in the last two games. Okay, what does that mean? I'm not going to be the guy to say it, but I'm just saying. Are you saying okay, that his so... performing enhanced performance enhancing drugs? Were, were advantageous to his, his ability to play football, and now that he's been busted and not on them anymore, that he's not capable of playing at such a high level? Is that what you're suggesting, Will? No, I would never suggest that. Okay, um, just making sure. Maybe, maybe, it's because, maybe it's because Hamilton has some great defensive players. Simone Lawrence had 17, 17 tackles in this game. Ooh, rock and roll. Right. He was all over the field, obviously. You know what? Bottom line, um, I think the biggest difference in this game is Hamilton looked like they were loaded for bear and wanted to be there, and Winnipeg didn't for some reason. I don't know what that was all about. Maybe they should have saved announcing – Matt Nichols wasn't going to be back this year until next week or or in the middle of the week as opposed to the last two days before they played the best team in the CFL. And they did, and they came out flat, and it wasn't even a contest. And, you know, Jeff Heck, I saw him get beat like a like – a, man, he got beat a couple of times in this game. 
And uh, Brandon Banks was running all over these guys. I, 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 once again, everybody stays quiet about the things we've been saying for the last three years about Richie Hall's defense and so on and so forth. And, uh, hey, they lost, and they're trending backwards, guys. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. We shall see. Well, I think we know what's going to happen. <clears throat> Bombers are just not well, no, going in the right direction. Right. You, but know? That can, you can turn that around before the end of the year. It, it can, but can you do it with the current um, personnel? And, and basically what we're saying right now is, does it make a difference not having Matt Nichols there? Now, Matt Nichols... I am one to say that he is not the one to take these guys to the Grey Cup. But is he the better quarterback than uh than Strebler? Definitely. He's, yeah. Well, I think he he's is. He's definitely got more experience. He's definitely got more uh more knowledge. He, he's 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 the guy that's there. He Matt Nichols is the guy that was taking Bombers to where they were. Strebler didn't get him there. Okay? It's just he didn't get him there. Well, I mean, Matt Nichols has always been hit with that handle of game manager, but maybe that's what they need is a game manager. Well, right? yeah, protect the football and, and, and win games. And there that's all go. they needed. That's what they needed them to do. And, and Strebler's not doing that. He's not winning the game. And I mean, the, the other he's not protecting maybe, the football. Maybe, he had two interceptions. Maybe, maybe the Stampeders have peaked already. Or well, the sorry, bombers the have. Bombers have peaked the already. Bombers. That's what I said. Yeah. I think that the Bombers like have it. peaked too soon. Yeah. I like the way you think, though. I, that Freudian slip there, well, I, I like that. Hey, hey uh, Phil, Pardon? you can dream all you want, buddy. I'm glad a guy at your age still dreams, Phil. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's grab some reality here. So what happened in this football game? Oh, it's over, and that's all that matters. Final score was Hamilton 33, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 13. 13? Did they really only score 13 points? Oh, my goodness. No wonder I didn't get any points off of this thing. Uh, so, yeah, what happens? Uh, final score on that one is, uh, yeah, 33-13. Uh, CJ lost because I, I picked, I like, Winnipeg to win. Mark picked Winnipeg to win. Uh, Charles, Will, and Phil all took the Ticats. Phil, you're the closest one. You get the golden sticker. 15 points Ooh. off. You picked 27-22. Uh Low on Hamilton and high on Winnipeg, but you're still closer than everybody else. Moving on, first game, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on the West Coast, Saturday afternoon. Well, saw Edmonton Eskimos into Ottawa to play the Red Blacks. I really thought the Red Blacks were going to come out and do something about this. But it took them, what, 
what did what did the guy say? Fifty six, fifty seven offensive possessions to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's like four four and a half complete games. And oh my God, they finally did get a touchdown. They did, and uh, good for them. But you know what? It was way too little and way too late in this game. Uh, Edmonton had a stranglehold on it from the, I, I think the coin toss. And uh, and that's kind of the way it went. It was just downhill from there for for Ottawa. And uh, I'm I think the 16 points that they got in this game really flattered them. I mean, 13 of them were in the fourth quarter. So, you know, you get 13 points in garbage time, big deal. This game was over by the half. Okay, uh, Phil, take this one over. You know, I don't remember seeing a, a game with so many negative yardage plays on offense and that was for both teams. <laughs> Moses Madu for minus two yards at the half. There was there was like thirteen yard uh, running play loss. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. brutal. The first the first half in particular was, was brutal. You know, the the most boring CFL game I was ever at was uh, was the BC Lions drubbing of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at Old Taylor Field. I'm going to say circa 1979. My dad and I made the five or five and a half hour round trip to go watch the BC Lions beat the Riders eight to five. And at halftime, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that game in 30 years, 40 years. And at halftime, that game came right back to me. It it was brutal. Eight to five? uh, Eight to five. Oh, what a what sleep. a miserable, and it rained too. What a miserable fucking night. We, it was a long <laughs> time. It was a few weeks before we went back to. Again. And uh, <laughs> that's a hockey nine, maybe eighty. Yep. Well, at least baseball. And so I really don't have much to add to this game. I got a little more interesting the second half, but I I, I got to tell you, I kind of tuned out on it. Uh, I got busy doing some other things. It was so brutal to the half. But that's all I got on it. Well, Ottawa did bring uh, Dominic Davis in. They they finally benched Jonathan Jennings. Uh, and uh, Dom Davis actually came in and played some decent football, uh, you know, for, for what he did, 15 for 23, 205 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But then, you know, Jennings wasn't so bad either. He was He was seven for eight. For 58 yards when they pulled him wasn't big, but what the hell, you know? They, they were know. running dink and dunk offense, and, and didn't they even rotate him once? Didn't Dom come yeah. in and then Jennings come back? Yeah, they were going to do. Twice, they, they, they were actually warming up the third string guy too. Like yeah. Rick They're Campbell at the beginning, before the game was on, he said that he was going to run a, a QB tandem in this game. He was going to rotate the, the quarterbacks. And uh, that that went. He, he, he's true to his word. He started out that way, and uh, then it just ended up being Dom Davis for the remainder of the game. And I I, I think that's their best shot to win right now. Uh, Logan Kilgore didn't do so bad. No, he looked all right. He looked all right it's for for the little action that he's had. Eh? But the game certainly lived up to uh, 
what we thought it was going to be going into it. It was a snore fest. Yeah, I was really hoping Ottawa could win. It would have definitely been better for the Lions. Okay. Charles. You were cheering for the Red Blacks. I was. And to be honest, I wouldn't call the points that Ottawa got was in garbage time because the game was tied with less than five minutes to go. So, I mean, it was, you know, they were somewhat in that game. Yeah, I know. It scared the Edmonton Eskimos fans because everybody else has been pummeling these guys. And they 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 got the win, but it, five points ain't all that impressive. This, I figured this was going to be a team, um, a game of um, uh, two lousy teams that uh, aren't very good, and it turned out to be a game between two lousy teams that aren't very good. Because uh, Edmonton was no scream in hell there. I mean, twenty-one points, okay, you gave up sixteen. But I mean, Logan Kilgore was all right. Um, I he certainly wasn't awful or anything like that. He passed for 223 yards, didn't throw any interceptions, which is good because a lot of times that's where um, younger quarterbacks get into trouble is throwing too many picks. No picks thrown at all in this game, not even by Jonathan Jennings. So wow, there's something for them to build on, I guess. Um, Edmonton did a good job um, leaning on C.J. Gable. He had 90 yards on 20 carries. They gave him the ball a lot, and with the young quarterback in, I'm not surprised there. This was, I mean, I did not see a lot of this game. I saw the last part. A lot of this, I like you, I was listening to on Sirius Satellite Radio. I was out for my uh, son's birthday during the day, so I, I heard some of it on the uh, radio. But it was not exciting. I'm sorry. It was pretty much a snore fest, like you said. Um, and the team that's just a little bit less wor- bad uh, beat the team that's atrocious. I mean, <laughs> the Red Blacks, again, they scored a touchdown. They scored one touchdown. I think that's like one in five games or something like that. And they are currently on pace to be the lowest scoring team in a season in CFL history. But you know what the other weird fact about that is? The bottom two teams for lowest scoring teams in CFL history, both Ottawa teams. Yeah. So they might, uh, they're going to, it looks like they're going to possess the top three spots in a category you don't want to possess the top three spots in. But uh, Edmonton gets the win. I was hoping for an Ottawa upset, but uh, it wasn't in the cards. No, it did, it did not happen. Nope. Okay. Mr. McDonald. I didn't expect it, but I was hoping. Yes, sir. You know, I must have needed a football fix Saturday because I watched that entire game, and I found Ooh. it quite entertaining. Okay. <laughs> I I I don't know. Maybe I was just into it or something. Um, 
I, I thought it was kind of silly of Ottawa to platoon their quarterbacks in the beginning. That never works. It's never going to work. I don't know why they came up with these ideas that people have tried before because it doesn't work. Um, Edmonton was not any screaming hell, if you know what I mean. But they were better than Ottawa. So, but uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed this football game. <laughs> yeah. And the right team won, I guess. Um, and now that means Edmonton only has to win one more game. Is that right, Christopher? Before uh, yeah, that's that's correct. Team gets knocked out. Okay. Yeah, that's correct because okay. they own the season series with BC. Right. So yeah, right. A, a tie does us no good. We have to be uh, a game ahead of them. BC has to be a game ahead of them. So if they get to eight, we can only win eight games, uh, get eight wins this year. But um, if you look at Edmonton's schedule, upcoming schedule, it's, it's, it's not a good possibility. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're going to win another game. The way they and, play, and, the way they've been playing. Yeah. No, they play like shit. So, you know, they're playing Hamilton next week. I, I would bet money that Hamilton's going to whoop their ass. Okay? Then they get a bye. No, they don't. Then they play BC. That's going to be it. October 12th is going to be the, 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 the big game for BC, Edmonton. If BC can win that game, they, they've got a shot at it. They, they don't win that game, it's over. We, we all know that. And then, uh, and then they have a bye. They play back-to-back Saskatchewan after that. And then they play back-to-back with Saskatchewan. And then that's the end of the season for them. Yep. Yep. So they've got four games, and they're not easy games. No, sir. Edmonton Edmonton could end up 0-4 down the stretch here, which the way that they're playing is is highly possible. And then BC, like BC plays uh, Toronto next week. Uh, then they play the Edmonton. They have the Edmonton game. Then they play Saskatchewan, which is going to be a tough game. And then they play Calgary. No, then they play. They they have a bye in week twenty, and they they play Calgary in the last game of the year. Now BC usually plays Calgary in the last game of the year, and it's usually a mean nothing game for Calgary. They've usually got the playoff position sewed up. They've got the top of the division. And they start resting a few people, people here, there, and everywhere else. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Notoriously, this is a good game for BC. Okay, they don't always win it, right. but they always play it a good game. Uh, so yeah, BC could win out. The biggest game is going to be that Saskatchewan one, I think, in Week 20, depending on where the Riders are in the playoff situation. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah. You know, you know, just close enough to be interesting. I, yeah, it, it should be. I was uh, listening to this game, and I'm going on, and I was going to post something in our group, and I was just basically going to say, Edmonton sounds like shit. They do not sound like they're playing good football, yet they were beating Ottawa, so that means that they were absolute garbage. But Edmonton didn't sound – it was a sloppy game. It wasn't a well-played football game. Very BC Lions have a better team right now than the Eskimos. Yeah. Uh, at least we have a quarterback. That's all I can say. 
Okay. So this game ended up. We've all done this, right? Yeah, it went it went Phil, Charles, and then Will. Uh, final score in this game was twenty-one to sixteen for the Edmonton Eskimos over the Ottawa Red Blacks. And like I said, I think the sixteen points really flattered Ottawa. Mind you, I think the twenty-one points flattered Edmonton. Um, so we all picked Edmonton to beat Ottawa. Nobody was stupid enough to pick the Red Blacks, although we were cheering for them. Uh, Mark and Phil, you tied on this game with picking the lowest score or the closest score. You guys were both off by seven points. Okay. So you both get the golden ticket, golden star, golden ticket, golden award. We do, we, we move it around. I don't always like too many different gold things. Okay. Uh, the second game, the sandwich was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders playing in Tirana, playing the Argos at BMO Field. Now, nobody expected Toronto to win, but they did expect them to show up and play some decent football. I'm not sure that happened. So, Will, you call this game. Turn the mic on, Will. I'm talking. Um, I know. Saskatchewan and who? Toronto? Toronto. Toronto. Saskatchewan and who? Who who, who decided to start James Franklin? Yeah. Of all things. Which which I just, I I have no words for that. I don't know how that happens. Um, But I don't think it worked. I'm just saying, okay, uh, mind you, I mean, Fajardo only had 270-some yards, right? 278 and three TDs. Um, This game was never in doubt. Surprise, surprise. James Franklin had a whopping Matt Nichols kind of day, 208 yards. And uh, Chris Rainey was the best running back they had. Manny Arsenal actually had 72 yards receiving. Impressive for an old guy. Um, you know what? Saskatchewan, they won. They're tied for they're tied for first place with with another team in the West. Yeah. And uh, that game is coming up between those two teams pretty darn quick. And uh, I guess I'll have to go to that game. I don't want to, but I'll have to go to it. You're going to have to go to that game. Yeah, I expect Saskatchewan to win. Everybody expects Saskatchewan to win because Toronto is not very good. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. So they're not very good. No, they're not. They're not very good. And starting James Franklin was an error. I mean, the law office at least looks good when he's playing football. Yeah, no, he, he, I guarantee the law office would have thrown for 380 yards, whether he won or not, he still would have thrown for a lot of yards. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, Saskatchewan did their thing. Their defense was good, but, you know, every defense looks good against uh, Toronto because they started James Franklin. So, yeah. My grandmother's defense would have looked good if we had a started James Franklin. So 
yeah, there's not much I can say about this. I, I watched I watched the first half, I think, but then we had dinner guests over, so I had to go upstairs. My wife gets bad at me when I watch football when there's people in our house, so well, yeah. you know, it's kind of kind of rude of Patty to be uh, having a dinner party on a, uh, a triple header football night. I think she done Saturday. Doesn't she check the schedule? You know, I was I was gonna I was gonna divorce her over that, but I thought, nah, I better not do that. That's a little level extreme. So you know, well, at, mean, at least a, a, a firm talking to you know. Well, but they and they were guys who came for dinner, but they're also. They're also Irish guys, so they don't know what football is. Well, they do know what certain football is, but not my kind of football. So I had to go upstairs and entertain, so there you go. Anyways, I'm sure what my lack of of watching this game, I'm sure somebody like Phil will make up for that. So, Well, I, I don't think anybody missed anything in this game. Seriously, if you didn't watch this game, you wouldn't have missed anything. Okay. Well, you do the trophy. There you go. Start it off. Well, you know, the last few weeks, I've I've purposely been providing little input uh, after Ryder wins because uh, I I know you guys don't want to hear it. But but tonight, you you might have to turn my mic off after a little while. I can do Uh, that. I'm just kidding. I'll just get started just, here. I've even got your name here so that I know. Hey, hang on, hang on. There, there it goes. Phil's gone. He's quiet. See, his mic's turned off. Oh can't wow! Say anything. It works. See, it works. Okay, I'll bring his mic back on so that he can talk again. All right, Cody okay. Fajardo, twenty-three okay. to twenty-seven. Eighty-five percent, two hundred seventy-eight yards, three touchdowns, <laughs> zero interceptions. This is a dream season for that kid. You know, the the Fajardo show. It's great for this league. A few months ago, I think we all agreed that the CFL had a real dearth of of real, true starting quarterbacks. But then Fajardo, Dane Evans, Vernon Adams Jr., and uh, to some extent Chris Strebler have shown that $700,000 quarterbacks is not the only game in town. Did you, did you do Dane Evans? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mentioned Dane. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, some Ryder fans got to feel like in 2019 we got, we got a freebie at the quarterback position after what happened to Zach Caleros in the first game of the season. Uh, great One great thing that you must like there, Christopher, in this game was the Manny show was back. First touchdown receiver in green. Or first touchdown reception in green. Must have been yeah. exciting for you. That's not exciting for me. Not at all. Oh, and he's uh, gone. Once, once he's left the Lions, he's not in the CFL anymore. And, uh, I don't, I don't need to follow Brendan Labatt's first game back, and I thought they might just ease him in, and he was a bloody road grader. He was unstoppable. They run that ball behind him, and there, there was nothing that Toronto's defensive line could do, it seemed to me. Um uh, that was a mic'd up game, and uh, I've noticed that Coach Dickinson, since the beginning of the season, he's become uh, more confident and more engaged on the sideline. You know, and I, I think that's pretty positive. I don't want to bore you guys. I, I have a lot more, but, uh, you know, I'll save it. I'll jump on one of them Ryder podcasts or or, uh, or call-in shows and, and 
talk to some guys that really want to hear it. <laughs> no, it was a good but game. It's, it's just it's just great to see a blow. And, and it kind of was. Uh, Charles. Kind of was. Um, it definitely was. Jesus, it, it, Toronto, how does that uh, change into James Franklin work out for you? Uh, when you were down, you know, twenty-seven uh, to three going into the fourth quarter, I wonder if uh, what's his face, Corey Chamlin, thought to himself, "Hmm, this might have been a mistake," because I think everybody else was thinking that. Well, a lot of people thought of that before the game started, but I'm not going to put this all on poor James Franklin because Toronto is a train wreck from beginning to end. Uh, they really had nothing going. We talked last week about James Wilder Jr. So last week he had a 10. Yeah. Well, last week he had a 10-yard average rushing the ball. But they only gave him the ball four times. This week he was lower. He had a 6-yard average, which is still a pretty good average. They gave him the ball seven times. Now, granted, they were down for the majority of this game, but passing the ball wasn't doing anything for them either. So if you've got a guy that's getting six yards a carry, maybe use him a little bit more than seven times. Well, Chris Rainey was getting uh, I, 8.3. Yeah, and they use him six times. Yeah. But Rainey, I mean, he's not a regular back. He's not near on the field nearly as much as James Weller Jr. is. Agreed. Maybe but they were part, successfully maybe, running the ball. True, but they weren't doing it enough because no. that was about the only thing that was working for them because James Franklin, he had a whole 208 yards passing. A lot of that was in garbage time in the fourth quarter. This game really did have garbage time. Cody Fajardo, impressive again, 23 at 27, 85% passing. 278 and three touchdowns. I mean, I got to tell you, I would never, when Cody Fajardo was here in BC as the backup and when he was in Toronto as the third string, I would never have ever expected that out of this. I mean, we didn't get to see him much, but when he did play, he really didn't show anything. But he's shown a lot this year, and they, they've got a quarterback that they're happy with. And uh, I'm actually happy to see it because Cody Fajardo's a nice guy. So with the 278 yards passing, he also had 80 yards rushing. Now, again, they already lost one quarterback on a run. You don't want to see – it's good to have him there, but if I'm the Riders, I'm putting the brakes as much as I can on Fajardo. I don't want him going down. Because they probably won't get lucky again if he goes down with his backup. Who is Phil? You probably know this. Who's the second stringer now in Saskatchewan behind Fajardo? <laughs> Isaac Harker, Colorado School of Mines. Uh, he's. We would be in trouble. Yeah. I was gonna say maybe they should be wrapping him in bubble tape if that's the case. Um, what, uh, yeah. If I could just um, add one thing, Charles. Gonna, what? He, Go on. If I get add one thing, uh, Cody Fajardo has been looking to protect himself more and more, and I think he only took off once and had one late slide in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is getting more more aware of of that, you know, how he should handle himself that way. 
He's still a young again, quarterback. Who the hell on, who the hell on Toronto is going to hurt Cody Fajardo? Because that defense is garbage. Um, and I was kind of happy to see Manny. Bear Woods, okay, there's one. I forgot he was there because yeah, Bear know, Woods. I would be concerned about Bear Woods coming at my quarterback. That's fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I was kind of happy to see Manny score a touchdown. He has not been used very much at all this year uh, in Saskatchewan, and he is getting up there in age. Uh, in fact, I think that um, Manny Arsenault going to Saskatchewan is almost mirroring when G. Roy Simon went to Saskatchewan. Because when G. Roy went to Saskatchewan, he barely got used there too. Uh, so it's kind of a similar situation, but I was kind of happy to see him score a touchdown because I've always liked Manny Arsenault. Uh, so, yeah, Saskatchewan now, we got a three-way tie for first place. We we said at the outset of this season uh, the West was going to be a meat grinder, and, yeah, it's bearing out. So um, it's going to be a very fun to watch this finish here to this season because who's going to uh, finish where? It may come down right to the very last week. So, And now with the, the Lions uh Sudden resurgence. Currently, as we sit here now on September 29th, all five teams in the West are still in the mix. Only two in the East are. And so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see how this season plays out because there's a lot of movement that's probably going to happen between uh, now and the beginning of November. So here's a here's a funny thing, and you know BC has sucked this year. They have got a terrible record. They are four yep. and ten. They are four and ten this. Okay, that's yep. terrible. That's absolutely awful. I know where you're going with this. I think they would be the crossover team. They would be able to cross over against yep. Ottawa, taking Ottawa out. Okay. Yep. Un unfucking believable. That a four and ten team would make the playoffs at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. That just shows you what a, what an absolute train wreck the Eastern Division is. It's just a uh, nightmare. Without question. Without question. Okay. Uh, final score in this game was Saskatchewan forty-one, the Toronto Argonauts sixteen. Again, 16 points, I think, was flattering the Argos. Uh, what happened? CJ, you picked the Argos to win this game, only because everybody else picked uh, Saskatchewan, and I wanted to just – never mind. It was stupid. But in, I, anyhow, I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, Will McDonald, Will McDonald, what do you got there? Five points. You get the golden ticket, my friend. Okay. I, for, I'm, trying, for which game? I'm trying to get – for the Saskatchewan Toronto game. Oh, did I? Good job, Will. <laughs> yeah, you, I probably you picked would have had the probably would have had the next one if BC hadn't a fucking one. Jesus. Will was the only one to predict a blowout in that game. Yeah. 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 Okay. I I picked a blowout in the BC game, but that's the point. Um. So yeah, you're out by five points on that, Will, and you got the ticket. So you 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 kind of expanded your lead on CJ, and you know what else you did? Leaving you, got you a in little the dust. bit closer to Charles. 
So the real race in here is between Will and Charles. Well, that's not the real race. We'll talk about the real race at the end of this. Uh, yeah. So uh, the third. Yeah, battling for third place here. Will is trying is pressing pressing Charles, and uh, CJ is sucking the hind hit again. Okay, uh, the last game on Saturday of the triple header was the Montreal Alouettes coming to BC, playing at 7 o'clock on a Saturday night. That's like 10 o'clock at night in Montreal. They wouldn't finish the game until 1 in the morning for them, for the fans in Montreal, for everything else, just showing that the time zones in here make a difference, and you want to add an hour for Halifax. Good fucking God. Okay, so... This game went out, went to the wire, questionable coaching plays. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened here. It just a uh, bad challenge by uh, Devon Claybrooks because just a little later on, he could have challenged the real play that would have mattered uh, that the coaches or the referees got wrong. Devere Posey sold that one for him. He actually tried to sell a couple of pe- plays in this game, and it didn't work for him. Uh, okay, uh, Charles, you take this one away. BC Lions, Montreal Alouettes. You didn't get to go to the game, did you? I did not, but I did watch it beginning to end. It was enjoyable to watch. I got to admit, it was kind of nice that after the game was over, I didn't have an hour and a half drive home. I know, but I, I know. still like doing it because I like being at games live. I I just I've always since I was a kid I've enjoyed watching games uh, in person. But um, this one got a slow start. The defense has really kind of dominated, mixed in with both offenses kind of sputtering the start. Uh, but it did get better. Uh, the Lions uh, took a 9-3 lead to the dressing room. And then Matt Schiltz or Schiltz or whatever the hell his name is. I don't know how to pronounce that. I think it's Schiltz. Um Came out with a big time touchdown to. It wasn't Devere Posey. It was the uh, the other big receiver, Lewis Eugene Lewis, uh, for 85 yard touchdown, and that's where that game really started to pick up both ways. I thought uh, Mike Riley was fantastic in the second half of this football game. Uh, actually, he was fantastic all night. 30 of 34. Uh, 309 yards, 88.2%. Outstanding. John White ran the ball effectively, 14 carries, 78 yards. Uh, Schultz, um, it was actually a 97-yard touchdown that he hit Eugene Lewis. Uh, He was okay. He wasn't spectacular. Um, Only uh, 177 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. I thought the Lions' defense... um, Really showed that these guys that they still um, are. Um, you know, it wasn't just a mirage playing Ottawa because they played very well again in this game. They were in Schultz's faces all night. Uh, Sean Lemon was up there. Um, one of the guys that's really been impressing me lately on the Lions defense uh, was been Jonathan Newsom. And I thought he played yeah. very well. He was uh, constantly in the Montreal backfield in this one. Except for the um, uh, roughing the kicker call. Yeah, that one kind of um, 
Well, that one got overturned, though. Did it? Yeah, it got overturned. I didn't, I didn't uh, hear that. Because he was, yeah, that one got overturned because he had been pushed in by a Montreal player. Okay. So they did call it, but then they, then the, um, what should we call it? The uh, upstairs, the eye in the eye sky in the called that back. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't Ed, hear that part. Chris I was Edwards driving. did a nice, nice interception as well. Uh, and then, of course, it comes down to the last, that last uh, Montreal drive. And uh, this one has been debated quite a bit today, uh, back and forth online, about Kahari Jones. Um, should he or shouldn't he have? Should he have kicked the field goal uh, and um, taken the lead there? Or should he have gone, did, did what he did, gone for the first down, and then Antonio Pipkin comes in, fumbles the ball, and it gets picked up by DeVere Posey, and he stopped in the backfield. And that ended the game there for the uh, the Alouettes. So, um, well, not a officially lot of because well, not officially took over. They, they, they went turnover yeah. on downs at the two-yard line, and, you know, they had to get a, a first down. Otherwise, they'd be kicking the ball, punting the ball yep. back to Montreal, who would be in field goal range. It, it, and it was, they almost had to, but then Montreal took a pass interference call, and that was the end yep. of the game on Brian Burnham. Uh, so it was a um, an exciting finish, no question about it. Now, as to where, whether Kahari Jones should have made, uh, I honestly can see arguments for both of them because they put Pipkin out there uh, just to go on a one-yard quarterback sneak. The last time he was out there and did that, he got six yards. Literally, he just yeah. pushed forward and went right over him. So if he had done that in that play, not only would he have gotten the first down, he'd have scored the touchdown and put Montreal ahead. Yeah. But then you got to say, well, look, if you kick the field goal, you get the points right away, you have the lead, and you got to put faith into your defense that they can make a stop for a minute 20. Right. So but I can when, see both sides When of you're the third and one, you've got to put some faith in your offense too, don't you? Of course, yeah. I mean, typically that's almost a gimme for a lot of teams because it's a one-yard, and like I said, Pipkin got six yards last time. So you really got, um, you know, you got both sides of the coin, and I can see arguments going with it. Um, so I really don't want to say whether he made the right call or not because I could say that, yeah, he made a bad call on that, but I could also see his reasoning behind it. Because even if Pipkin doesn't get six yards, let's say he even gets one yard, well, then basically Montreal at that point runs the clock out, kicks the field goal, and goes home with it. And they had gotten a one-yard first down successfully the other night. Obviously, he's not expecting Pipkin to fumble there. And Pipkin was really pissed at himself after that. And even though he fumbled... They still had a chance for the first down once DeVere Posey uh, picked the ball up because he could have very easily ran forward, but the defense was very uh, alert there for the Lions and brought him down in the backfield. So, yeah, it wasn't a bad call, maybe, but like we said earlier, uh, if it like CJ said earlier, if he'd have made it, he people would be saying what a genius he is. So it really goes both ways on that call. But... The Lions hold on, they get the win, and that's three in a row for the Lions. A season Yay. that doesn't, a season that looked like it wasn't going anywhere, 
Uh, they're still alive. I mean, they're on life support. Don't get me wrong. And they're still probably it's still less more likely that they're going to miss the playoffs than not. But they're still at least in the hunt. It, in your face, Jenny. <laughs> in your face. Four wins. I don't think she listens to us. <laughs> Picking the BC Lions to win one game this season. Bah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like this game. Phil! Phil. Yeah, you know, this turned out to be the most exciting game of the weekend. Yep, it did. It, it had the best finish, uh, and, and it was fun to watch. I, I, I watched it all and, and enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought it was really good. Uh you know, obviously, BC's improving a lot, and Montreal's been fun to watch, and, and they've shown us so much improvement this year as well. So I was looking forward to this one, and I was not disappointed. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to offer the Let's Talk CFL podcast apologies for all of us, on behalf of all of us, to uh, Matt Schultz, who on Wednesday night we Schultz. all called Matt Schlitz. Yeah, on Wednesday night we were all calling Matt Schlitz. And... Uh, so but like I want to apologize for that, for that right now. And, and, and I don't uh, think Matt listens to the podcast either, so we don't really care. Oh, I was thinking about all his fans. But, uh, they don't listen to the podcast know, either. I, I love watching this game for the fact that I watched three old men on the defensive line, uh, one for, for, uh, for Montreal and two for BC, just have hell of a games out there. Uh, John Bowman, Odell Willis. And Sean Lemon, um, you know, particularly Bowman and Willis last night, they, they, they were really, really fun to watch at their age. Like, to me, I think John Bowman's got one more year in him. I really do. And uh, it's great to see because these, these guys have been stars in the league for a while. And, he was you know, that excellent in that game. Really was. You're right, Charles. Yep. I, I, I like to see it, too. Yep. And I, I know that, you know what? Jump. He, he went down injured in, in the game, and I actually – kind of felt bad for him. I went, oh, my God, is he going to be able to get back up? Is he going to be able to continue to play? Because uh, at that age, you never know. That's a good point, Christopher. When I seen him take that, that injury, I thought, okay, that's it. There we go. Yeah. He will not be back next year. He will not be back for the rest of this game, and he will not be back for the rest of the season, and he is done. And that's too bad. And then here he's a, a few plays later. He's out there making plays. It was great to see. And uh, yeah. if this yeah. is John Bowman's last year in the CFL, uh, I salute him. Uh, he's He's been a tremendous player, leader in this league, and he has he's quite of a history growing up that's really remarkable. It's, I encourage everybody to read the John Bowman story. Uh, but I, you know, I know we're kind of mixing an, uh, a later topic together, but so did Charles here. I, I In your intro, Christopher, you mentioned about the Don Matthews decision in that game way back in BC. Yeah. And I, I com- completely agreed with uh, Don Matthews' decision to go for two points in that case. But I, I cannot agree with Kahari Jones' decision on this one. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate the snap was bobbled, but still, you're on the road. You, you, got, you got a chance to take the points for the win. There's not really enough time left, even for a $700,000 quarterback to mount a drive. Take the field goal. Well... I, I agree, okay? I, I would have taken the points because 
then it's up to BC to beat me, right? And this way, it was up for up to me to lose it. Kahari Jones lost the game, okay? Because he could have won the game if he had taken the points. We don't know, but he could have. But by doing what he did, he definitely lost the game. So I understand that, and I just don't think that we have the right as as fans to question that because what well, we do obviously we can question everything, and we do. That's why we have a podcast because we question everything. But that's why he makes the big bucks. You know, part of it, Christopher, maybe they're solidly in second. Uh, catching Hamilton is maybe out of the question. Uh, so maybe that kind of weighed into his, his decision as well. Uh, they're not going to fall to third in the, in the East. So it, it, ultimately, it, it wasn't, it's not going to hurt Montreal as far as the playoffs, uh, which, you know, any, any other team in the league that's in a playoff position, especially out here in the West, it, it, the decision it, it, it like that made nothing, it, it made no difference. It made no difference. No. Yep. Nope. So under those circumstances, why not risk it? Why not play for the win? Why not let your show confidence in your offense, right? I mean, yes, showing confidence in your defense is important, but so is confidence in your young quarterback, right? And, and, and to do this. And, and both of those guys are young, inexperienced quarterbacks, whether it's Antonio Pipkin or Vernon Adams Jr. or whoever else, right? I mean, who was the other quarterback in this, this game? Who was the quarterback of record in this one? For, for, for Matthew Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Matthew Schultz. Matthew Schultz. Schultz, okay. Now, William Stanback had an amazing game, almost 150 yards, okay? Jeremiah Johnson had another 25. I mean, their rushing game was amazing, okay? That's what wins football games, and they almost did it. BC needs to run the ball. Okay. And if they, you remember they, back in May, I, if you remember back in May, I identified as one of the biggest strengths that Montreal could build on was that offensive line. They had some injuries early on, but uh, they, they seem to be all back together now. And, yeah. Anyhow, great football game. William, take us home on this one. Well, I don't have to talk about the game at all because you guys talked about it. My question is, when did Antonio Pipkin lose his second-string job? Because now it seems he's the third-string quarterback, right? Yeah, I wondered about that too, actually. Well, no, he was the number one quarterback, okay? He was number one quarterback, and he got injured. Yeah. Okay. And then that took Vernon Adams Jr. into the first-place position. Pipkin was on the injury, the IR, and uh, what's his name here? Uh, Schultz was was second-stringer, right? And then Vernon Adams goes down. Schultz moves up. Pipkin, I think, got activated off the IR. Not off the sixth game, but he got activated to, to dress for the game. And I don't think that he uh, he was actually in game-ready, game-shaped uh, to start. Okay? Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I got a little baby crying in the background here. Sorry, guys. 
You know, um, it's okay. Yes, I know. I know. They just came home from a big trip and uh, you know, just generally pissed off. Okay, so um, that's what happened to Pipkin. I, I think that he is oh, – okay. I won't say that he is still injured. I'm just saying that he is not – he may be cleared to play, but he is not – didn't take first-team reps. He didn't take second-team reps. He was just kind of there because they had nobody else. Okay. It's right. It's you but get anyways, activated I when mean, there's nobody else. It was uh, – this was an entertaining game. Um I had a long day yesterday, so I went to bed after at the beginning of the fourth quarter, so I didn't see the end of the game, and then all that stuff happened. But, uh, yeah, BC's on a roll. You never know. I mean, hey, think about this. If they're going to win the Grey Cup, they're not going to lose another game this year. No, that's right. They're not going to win another, not going to lose another game. They can't. There they you can't. Go. And they'd be eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. There you so, go. Here, here's an interesting statistic for you, okay? Lamar Durant, fabulous game. Absolutely fabulous, right? He was targeted yep. five times. He made five receptions, okay? Yep. Brian Burnham was targeted eight times. He made seven receptions. Durant Carter, seven for seven. Jevon Koite, four for four. Shaquille Johnson, three for three. Unbelievable. I mean, this is amazing. They were not missing the ball. They were just picking up everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping you weren't going to mention Deron Carter because he still made a spectacle. Of uh, course that, he did. Yeah, yeah, of course he did. Up. He cost us with that stupid mountain off 10-yard penalty after he Got the touch off to the first down. I mean, what an idiot. That almost killed the Lions. Uh, yeah. That seemed very close. What did it? T- took him out of field goal range. It uh, led to the block field goal. It led to the block field goal. Right? And it, it, if, if, if Castillo was closer, that foot field goal wouldn't have got blocked. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay, because he wouldn't be kicking for distance. He would have been kicking a little more height in there. You could say he kept Montreal in the game. He kept Montreal in the game, 100%. Okay. So, I I defend Deron Carter too much, and I'm not going to do it today. No. Shut the fuck up. That was ridiculously stupid. He could have cost the Lions that game. Mm-hmm. It it didn't. He didn't. Thankfully, it didn't. But uh, so be it. So anyhow, final score was the Montreal Alouettes twenty three, the BC Lions twenty five. BC victory. William, you picked Montreal. You lost here. Uh, I actually picked the BC Lions forty two twenty four. So I was like out by a monster amount. Um. Phil was not. He was only out by five points, so he gets the golden ticket. That's three this week for Phil, one for Mark, one for Will. The standings after 16 weeks is Mark, 18, Phil, 18, Charles, 11, Will's at nine, and CJ's at six. At least I'm not at one, okay? I have more 
correct picks than the BC Lions do. So I'm doing okay. I'm pretty happy with this. Okay, that's enough of this. This has been like an hour and a half on four games. But it was an exciting week of football, so let's just rip through the rest of this and uh, see what happens. There's not much happening here anyhow. Uh, Matt Nichols is done for the season. Uh, What are the Bombers' prospects for this season? Well, we're looking at them sliding, and we've been watching them slide. They're what, they're two games, two two losses right now, two in a row, or is it three? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. all I know is they are they were it had a stranglehold on uh, first place in the Western Division, and now they're tied for first with two other teams. And in fact, because of the way the games play out, they are in third. Okay, that can change, of course. But uh, you know what? They could still they they've clinched a playoff spot, but they could still be the crossover team. Edmonton could come back. <laughs> win a few games and uh, be up there. But we know that we just went over the Edmonton schedule. We don't think Edmonton's going to win a few games. So it will be BC or it will be Edmonton in the crossover position. That's pretty much a given. One of those two teams. And it definitely will be a crossover this year. There's no hope that Ottawa is going to fend off uh, this. They're they're not going to win uh, the next four games. It's not going to happen. Okay. So uh, that's the way we sit this one. Matt Nichols done for the season. What are the prospects for Bombers? I would bet, I would wager money at this point in time, their Grey Cup hopes are toast. Okay. To me, I'm going on the record right now. Bombers aren't winning the Grey Cup this year. Phil, what do you think about this Bomber team and what are their prospects for the rest of the season? First thing that comes to mind is I just look at their schedule. You know, they've just lost at home to Hamilton. They're yep. down on the road to, to Saskatchewan, who's playing pretty hot right now. Then they go back home to Mon- and play Montreal, who we all know now is a pretty good team. Then they got Calgary back-to-back. While Calgary's probably going to be in a race for first place with the Riders or, and or Winnipeg. So they've got, uh, without a doubt, it's all three of those teams, the Riders, Winnipeg, and Calgary, all have tough, tough schedules in front of them. But Winnipeg, because of where they're sitting right now and, and what's been happening there, it just seems tougher to me. And unless their defense starts winning games by themselves, which means a lot of turnovers and pick fixes and scooping scores, etc., I just don't see uh, – I, I have to agree with you, Christopher uh, – they're not. This is not going to be their great cup year. It's not the great cup year. I mean, let's face it. They, they, the three next three games they have is against Saskatchewan and two against Calgary. Okay, these are the two teams that they're going to play in the playoffs. Okay, one or two of the teams that they're going to play in the playoffs. And I don't see them winning all of this game. All these games. They have to beat Saskatchewan and Calgary twice for them to be in first place. It's not, that's not going to happen. You're not going to win back-to-back against Calgary. Okay? You might lose back-to-back against Calgary, but you're not going to win back-to-back against Calgary. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. I just I don't see it. 
I think we're missing Mark a little bit on this panel because he can off, often offer something positive about what's going on with the Bombers organization that, that maybe the rest of us aren't able to see. Actually, I just made a mistake. And I said that they were playing Saskatchewan, and they're not playing Saskatchewan. It's, it's um, Where am I here? They're playing Montreal. Saskatchewan is no, playing they're, Calgary. They're at- no, they're at Saskatchewan this weekend. Uh, they're at Montreal. Uh, they are at home to oh, Montreal. Oh, that's right, too. They are. They are. That's right. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay, so they do have to play Saskatchewan again. That's a tough game. Montreal's not going to be a pushover, and Calgary's going to be two tough games. They've got a very, very tough schedule for the rest of the season. So It's going to be a do. tougher game than the Banjo Bowl was, for sure. Absolutely. It's going to be different, a yeah. different football game completely. Is that one in well, Saskatchewan or in Winnipeg? It's, it's in Regina. It's in Regina. Ooh. Yeah, I oh. don't like the Bombers' prospects going to doing that. No. Not, I don't like anybody's prospects going into Regina and playing Saskatchewan. Nobody. No. I don't. Okay, I don't care who it is. If Calgary was going in there, I, I don't like Calgary's prospects of doing that, okay? I don't. BC, I dread when we go to play Regina. I just – I don't yeah. like playing there at all. No, 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 not at all. So, Charles, what do you think yes. is going to happen with the Bombers here for the rest of the season? We've just gone over their schedule. It looks very tough. Uh, they've lost Matt Nichols, who is the game manager, but, you know, that's kind of what they needed. They were winning that way. They were just kind of – you know, scoring enough points on offense to survive. Their defense was scoring the rest of the points and uh, taking the ball away and giving short fields to Matt Nichols, and everything was doing fine. But now that they've got this hot shot Chris Strebler in there, he's not doing it. He's not putting rubber to the road. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest issue is that they just – he's okay, but – I don't see him, at least not at this stage of his career, as the type of guy that's going to take you all the way. Uh, he's not consistent enough passing. He's a good running quarterback, but uh, he, that's only going to take you so far. He reminds me, I've mentioned this many times before, he reminds me of Tim Tebow from the NFL, who was not a great passer, but he could run and he could do enough as a passing quarterback. But that kind of quarterback, uh, their serviceness finally uh, runs out because teams learn and figure out how to um, shut him down. How to shut him down. Basically, if you can shut down Strebler's running, he's not a good enough passer to beat you. And I think pretty much um, that's um, uh, a message that's going to get around the uh, CFL very quickly because. Once you do that, you're going to be able to knock them out. And, yeah, um, we did talk a lot about Matt Nichols being a game manager, and that's probably true, but he was certainly a much better passing quarterback than Chris Trevler is. And the Bombers have a very, very talented core of receivers, but he's just not consistent enough with getting them the ball. And too often he takes the run over the pass. He's not the type of guy that's going to stand in the pocket and wait for things to develop. If they don't develop quick enough, he just takes off. And that's the kind of play that will get um, quarterbacks into trouble. And the more a quarterback runs, the higher possibility 
it is uh, if he gets hurt. So this is where the real problem comes in for the Bombers. And like Will said, Andrew Harris, since he came back from his suspension, has not looked like the same player. So they've neutralized that. Um, that segment of the Bombers game has been neutralized. Now, I'm not saying that can't come back. But you know what? It's, for a team that, you know, three or four weeks ago looked like a, a big-time favorite to win a Grey Cup, it's really uh, changed in a real hurry. Yeah, that's a fact. You know, let's mm-hmm. just face facts. He's no Marcus Crandall. <laughs> uh, that's always going to be the the big... Um, <laughs> that's the lead into Will. That, that's okay? going to be the measuring stick, at least for Will. <laughs> yeah, he's no Marcus Crandall. William! Well, you know what? And I never thought the Bombers were going to win the Grey Cup this year, to be honest with you. I, and I've said this on the show numerous times. I didn't think Matt Nichols was good enough to bring him to the promised land. Um, But you know what? I'm listening to guys dump on Winnipeg right now, and they got a tough schedule. But, hey, listen to this, okay? Number one, they played Montreal already with Chris Strebler, and they almost beat them, and they were actually killing them. They were so far ahead of them, okay? And Montreal came back whether that was because of Richie Hall's, um, you know, what's we call it, defense, when you're ahead by so many points. Um, and they've played Saskatchewan twice this year, and they beat them once. So don't count them out. And they've also played Calgary, and they beat them once too. But... You can't you can't count them out. They're gonna make the playoffs regardless, and you can't count any team out in the playoffs. And so, hey, you know I'm not gonna say it could happen, but hey, they've got as good of a chance as anybody else. I mean, I'm sure you all think I think that Winnipeg or Calgary is gonna be first place in the whole thing, but. You know what? It's the CFL. You you can't assume things in the CFL. If you assume things in the CFL, you're going to get burnt. So, I mean, yeah, they have some work to do. There's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. One of the biggest things you gotta you should worry about is I do believe, and I think I heard this on the broadcast the other night that. Am I right about this or wrong about this? That Andrew Harris is also Winnipeg's leading receiver. And if uh, that's the case, you have a problem. It's true. It's true. Is it true? You have a problem. Yes, I think it's yep. true. But you he was a their leading receiver last year too, was he not? I don't know. I have no idea. Only Mark would know. Yeah. Well, no, I'll know in a minute. Uh, let's go down the list here. While you're doing that, I, I just while you're doing that, Christopher, I just got a I got to follow up on that. That is the best line I've heard on this podcast for since I've been on. Is Stabler. He, he's no Marcus Crandall. That's that's priceless. That's that it's is my, one of the. 
that's it, it, he said yeah. that he said that because that's my big pet peeve. Uh, it's my big pet peeve about the bombers and the Stampeders in the Grey Cup in 2001, and the <laughs> the eight and ten Calgary Stampeders won the Grey Cup with Marcus Crandall. Yes. Okay. So, anything is well. possible. It, it, it's basically the, the the concept here is anything is possible, but highly unlikely. And Marcus Crandall was probably the the least likely quarterback to uh, win a Grey Cup, short of uh, who was the the Winnipeg guy that uh, replaced Kevin Glenn when he broke his arm, and he his, his first start was the Grey Cup. Game. Ryan Dinwiddie. Ryan yeah, Dinwiddie. Ryan Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. If Ryan Dinwiddie had won that Grey Cup, he would have taken over that job for Marcus Crandall. Okay, but yeah, Marcus Crandall was the worst. There, there was a worse quarterback. His name was Sean Salisbury, and he won for the Bombers in the night. It was either the 90 Grey Cup or the Nin- one before no, that. 1988. No, no. Against okay. the Lions. Okay. Okay, okay so okay. Uh, Andrew Harris is not the leading receiver for uh, Winnipeg. guy named Kenny Lawler is. Oh, yeah. yeah Lawler but had a you big know what? Lawler well, had again, I think Harris before, was before the game. He was the leading receiver. It could be. Yep. There, there's only like six yards difference between them. Sixteen, yeah. six, sixteen yards difference between them right now. They are number twenty-three and twenty-four in the CFL right now. Okay, Winnipeg's yeah, leading receiver is twenty-fourth in the league. They got a quarterback that had a couple wins, one with 126 yards passing and another with like 135 yards passing and and got big wins against good teams. So, yeah, they're going to fall off. Okay, and uh, just for the argument's sake here, uh, now Winnipeg's leading receiver last year was Darvin Adams. Yep. Okay. And uh, Andrew Harris wasn't even number two. Uh, Nick Dembski was their third. Weston Dressler was their fourth. Yeah, I, it, you got to go down the list a bit before you get to Andrew Harris. So yeah, yeah he was just the, making up shit again. He was the fourth or fifth. Yeah, exactly. Fourth or fifth uh, receiver for the the Bombers last year, but he's number two this year and was number one before this game. We're not totally making up shit. We Bomber, are having Bomber fans are going to hate us. Bomber fans are going yeah. to hate us. Phil, Bomber fans yeah. already hate us. Okay, and have for quite some time. So they hate anything that we say. Anyways. Yeah, they hate me, no question. So anything that we say in this podcast isn't going to make one bone bit of difference, and nor do I give a shit. Okay. Uh, Hey, I was just going to throw one thing in there. I think Bomber fans are also packing in already because I, I've noticed a lot more traffic on their Jets website, okay, and, about, and the same guys who talk football all the time. Now they're starting yeah. to talk Jets a lot. So, Yeah, yeah, without question, you're right there. It's, it's kind of the way that it is. There's a lot of guys breaking their arm right now jumping off of that bandwagon. Okay, uh, next uh, next segment here. We've got uh, Trevor Harris is now done for the season. He just had he just had surgery, wasn't it, or was that Matt Nichols with surgery? One of the two of them did. 
But anyhow, Trevor Harris is done for the season. Can Logan Kilgore carry the load? What load is he carrying? Because, no, Edmonton's not going to win another game. BC Lions are going to make the crossover. I'm sorry, Edmonton Eskimo fans, Ronda particular, your team sucks. Okay, now that I've got that out of my system. Will, you go ahead and tell them how bad the Edmonton Eskimos suck. Well, but, uh, no, no, Trevor Harris may not be out for the season. He may come back in the playoffs, so. um, Yeah, he's on the sixth game, which is the end of, which actually would put him, he couldn't come back for the Western final. He could only come back for the Grey Cup, unless they pull him off the injury list. Unless they pull him off. take a guy off. Yeah, he can. can take a guy off. Can you take a guy off in the playoffs? I believe so. Sure you can. I believe so, too. Um, you know what? Edmonton barely beat Ottawa. Mind you, Calgary barely beat Ottawa. Um, so, is Edmonton as bad as some of the other teams in the CFL? No. Kilgore hasn't looked bad, bad. He seemed, you know what? In the two games he's been in, the, the sample size we have of him, he seems to do better in the second half. And I don't know what that is, if that's just uh, starting jitters or, or what, but you never know. Um, see, I'm being very optimistic tonight about everything. Um, all you got to do, man, is make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, everybody has a chance to win. And maybe Logan Kilgore will get it, and he'll go on a run and uh, – and uh, you never know. But just for Ronda, the Edmonton Eskimos suck. Okay? Because they do. I think they suck. I think their coach sucks. I think their defensive line sucks. I think everybody sucks as, because they're in Edmonton. So <coughs> go ahead. Yeah, I, you, nobody's going to argue with that. I don't think Edmonton's that good of a team. And I don't – I mean, they're they're on the slide. They're on the same sort of slide that uh, – I'm going to peg her on right now, right? They're just it, the only reason why they won. They were playing Ottawa, okay? So you know now now they're going to go off and play some other teams, and I don't think they're going to win another game this year. So yeah, Charles. Uh, Trevor Harris, Logan Kilgore, Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, no, Kilgore no, carried no, a load. No offense to Kilgore, but no, I don't think he can. I mean, he was okay. I mean, let's face it, he was playing Ottawa. About They're basically, for the most teams, they're a free pass on the bingo board. And he only put up 200 yards, and that's not a good defense he was playing against. If he's going up against some of these other defenses and some of the top Western teams, I really have a hard time seeing him... Uh, a hard time seeing him having a whole lot of success if he couldn't do much against this Ottawa defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody lately. I mean, I know he's a young quarterback, and don't get me wrong, he was okay in that game, but it wasn't anything to write home about. It really wasn't. Um, um, I have no problem with Kilgore, but he's a young guy with very little experience. And quite frankly, the rest of the team around them isn't very good. Um, their defense, which looked 
good early in the year. It's really shown a lot of cracks in the last few weeks. Uh, the receivers, uh, I don't think they got the greatest receiving core. Um, they've got Gre- Greg Ellingson, who's a, um, he's been a great receiver, but I think he's slowed down a step. Uh, they've got guys like Ricky Collins Jr., who I know who's having a pretty good year. I'm still not sold on him. I watched him drop a lot of passes uh, last year in BC. Uh, there, I, I, I'm not convinced he can't revert back to that. So, I mean, this is a, a tall order. Now, I, I would like to think they're going to lose every game. I don't know if they're going to lose every game. Uh, I would like to think they're going to give the Lions a shot at the playoffs, but they're not a very good team. They're, at, at best, they're looking at a crossover. And if Logan Kilgore has to go into Montreal and play Montreal, I don't have a lot of hope for Edmonton. I, I sorry, I don't. Understandable, very yep. much understandable. Phil, I liked what Will said and pointed out there that you know in only two starts uh, in the second half. He looked better in both games. I think that's that's a lot better to see that out of a quarter a young quarterback than the other way around, than looking sharp in the first half and being solved in the second half. It shows he's learning the game quickly. And and who knows, who knows, fellas? We've seen a lot of second string quarterbacks come in and and end up leading their teams this year and leading their teams to the playoffs. He's only two games into the experience that Dane Evans, Cody Vajardo, Chris Trevor are, are into on what was a pretty good team earlier this year. So, you know, can I count out the Edmonton Eskimos? No, and it, but it is going to be on the shoulders of, of Logan for sure. It, because it's, if all of a sudden he were to get sharp like these other quarterbacks have, have done, uh, the rest of the roster is there for the Eskimos. So I'm not going to count them out of anything just yet. They're in a bad situation because they're probably not going to get a Western playoff start. And I think that they're going to run into a very fired up Montreal Alouettes team, which I really, really like right now. Cause I think they're definitely going for the crossover, but uh, Hey, we're going to see some good stuff out of them. They'll be competitive, but I don't think they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, okay. So that's the end of that one. Let's move on from uh, Logan Kilgore, Trevor Harris. We're running out of time in the show. we got 10 minutes left, 11 minutes left. And uh, with this week's, let's look at and discuss the current playoff scenario. Well, uh, we can't. We can't even come close to looking at the current playoff scenario. All we know for a fact is Hamilton is going to take the East, Montreal's coming in second, and there will be a Western crossover team. We have no idea who will take first place in will be on the on the bye week in the West. It could be one of three, if not even four teams right now. So, no, uh, we cannot talk about the playoff scenario. There's just no way. Yeah, I mean, Actually, you guys you know want to add anything to that? You think, you think well, you can? you can? Mathematically, could it not be all five, any of the five teams? No, BC cannot, win, BC cannot win first place. No, no, no! I'm saying the crossover, the cro- the team that crosses oh. over into the uh, into any, the east. It could, it could be, be any, any of one the of the five teams, teams in the west. No. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yes. It, if BC is eliminated from the playoffs, 
Yes. Okay. That's right. But, I, I, um, I'm not. I'm not putting any playoff scenario in in intact right now where BC misses the playoffs. That's just who I am. Okay. So yeah, okay. I, I. So in, in that scenario, no. Calgary, Saskatchewan, or Winnipeg cannot cross over. BC has to cross okay. over. Could, right. Could. Could Edmonton win out four games and uh, be 11 wins on the season, 11 and 7? Yes. But that would mean that Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Calgary would have to tank the remainder of their games. And since they play each other numerous times, somebody has to win. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. no, I understand what you're saying now. Yeah. For for Calgary to lose all their games, that means that Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are going to win. Right. Okay. For Saskatchewan mm-hmm. to lose all their games, that means that Winnipeg and Calgary are going to win. Of I mean, considering yeah. Saskatchewan it, and Calgary play each other twice, head to head games, they 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 count. So right now, I I don't think there's any hope of Edmonton being anywhere but the crossover position. Hmm. Okay. So I would have to say that Calgary, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg are fighting for first place in the Western Division, and we cannot pick a winner at this point in time, although we do believe that Winnipeg is not going to make it. I I would say that the battle is for first place is between Calgary and Saskatchewan, with Calgary having the upper hand. And I like uh, Calgary in that scenario because Calgary won the first game 37-10. to 10, And to think that the Riders are going to come into McMahon and be- win by more than 27 points, I am going to now anoint the Calgary Stampeders with first place in the West Division. Yeah, okay. You're conceding that. I, I, I believe that. I think Calgary is the team to beat in the league right now, and I don't know why. So many people are putting Hamilton in the top of the power rankings. I simply cannot do that. Calgary is number one in the, in the league right now. Uh, without question, without the, it's not even a debate. And I don't know how the Oh, no, I can disagree not, with you there. I, can, no, I will put Hamilton at first. No, yep. not even close. I, I don't even know if I would put Hamilton ahead of Saskatchewan. And, and Saskatchewan in second. I, I think I would put Calgary, Saskatchewan, Hamilton, Winnipeg. Uh, I don't do know whether I would put put Montreal then BC or BC in Montreal, and Edmonton in the back end. I'm going to put Montreal just ahead of BC. Just well, they they, they just lost to BC. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, three and a half points on the road. Beat BC a few weeks ago, so they split it in just a couple weeks apart. Yeah, I I agree. And they 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 lost by a point, and then they won by two points. BC did. So Mm -hmm. I mean, in the season series, BC's up by a point. It's pretty tight. Would you Would you guys like to hear about the nightmare I've been having in my dreams lately? (laughs) Calgary it, it, it doesn't to, have any strippers Calgary, and cocaine. No, no. Calgary gets to the Grey Cup, and they either play Hamilton or Montreal, and they lose in Calgary. <laughs> I'm going to stop watching football if that happens. I've decided already. Well, okay. I did not think that was what you were going to say. If you remember in 2009 Western Final, the Calgary Stampeders hosted the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and lost at home, and then hosted the Grey Cup the following week. Uh, 
and had the riders have to use their dress. You know, well, yeah. actually How'd that David Benefield end up? Actually, Phil, when was the last time Saskatchewan won the Great Cup? Was 2013. They came to Calgary to the Western Final and absolutely destroyed them. And yep. the only thing that I don't have bad memories, the only reason I don't have bad memories about that is because I had a broken leg and I didn't go to the game. So oh, Lucky, lucky you. But if I remember David Benefield... <laughs> that was they beat the Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> they yes, beat the Calgary yes. Stampeders in in the Western Final, and as he's leaving the field, he says, "Get the fuck out of our dressing room." Yep. The two, the <laughs> two most funniest. I remember that. The most funniest things I've ever seen was David Benefield doing that, and in 2001, uh, the Bombers came here during the regular season, and beat Calgary for the first time in forever and every time Winnipeg scored a touchdown Milt Stiegel did his impersonation of the Calgary Stampeders horse running down oh, the sidelines. I, I remember I that. have never <laughs> laughed that hard in my life. Okay? That was so embarrassing It was for him. hilarious. It was hilarious. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm going to ignore the, the Atlanta schooners here for a second. Uh, Keith Urban, fine. country star, headlines the Grey Cup halftime show. Is this important? Do you care? Uh, I, I think he's a good star for the game. I'm not a country fan. I don't really know who Keith Urban is, but I know my daughter likes him. Um, does it matter it's not a Canadian star? No, I don't give a shit. And is it going to make people watch the Grey Cup game? No. It doesn't matter who the Some halftime people, act is. Yes. I don't even care if there is Some a halftime people, act. Yes. I would have yeah. been more impressed if they had got Garth Brooks, okay, you know, the country thing in Calgary. But Keith Urban is, is close, so. Yeah. And you know well, how much I really give a shit about this, right? It, this is Keith Urban to me. Yeah, I know. Keith Urban to me is way better than having, like, the black-eyed peas or something because that was just disgusting, and that was in B.C. I, it, yeah, I have no response to that. Anybody want to touch it really quick? I'm I'm gonna hit I, the, I was just gonna say I, I think it made sense uh, uh, having a country guy in Calgary. That just kind of fits in there. So, yeah, yeah, and and Keith Urban's uh, uh, enough of a name that it would have made some made sense. You know, it's not like you could have Gordon have, Lightfoot or anything. I have a question about this. What what's a Keith Urban? <laughs> he, I love it. He's Nicole Kidman's husband. <laughs> yeah. uh, seriously, I learned today that he's he's not Canadian, and some people are upset about that. But then I learned that he's like he's not American. He's actually from Australia. So doesn't that, that actually make correct. him a global player? He's a global player. He's, he's from, he's like where? A he's from where? He's from where? Australia, isn't he? Australia. Okay. Uh, I got to wrap this up, guys. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 400. 400 episodes in the book. Wow. I'm excited about that. Thank you very much for all listening to the show. Thank you very much for participating in everybody. And uh, the guys, uh, you know what? I, I, thanks. Thanks for coming out and, and hanging out with me in this, in this uh, football thing and talking football. And uh, I don't know. I'm just uh, – 
I'm excited that we got 400 episodes. Uh, we got 40 seconds left to the show. Phil, say good night. Hey, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to show 400. And Charles. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, and thanks for listening if you've been with us right from episode one till now. Probably Neil. Ep- yeah, maybe. We'll have episode 401, just kind of like the freeway in Toronto. We'll say good night. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Go out. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.